Becoming financially free. Now, that's a goal, an aspiration, a dream even for so many people. To be able to truly live a life on your own terms, to have the ability to take yourself away from the stresses and the pressure and the hustle and the bustle of everyday life. To be able to break that nine to five cycle and unshackle yourself from the chains that keep you tied to a desk. So many people aspire to build such a lifestyle, yet not everybody manages to achieve that in a lifetime. Now, you may have noticed that today's podcast is called financially free at 33 and the reason for that isn't just because it's a cool and quirky title and because it rhymes of course all of those things were massive benefits but the real reason why it's called financially free at 33 unsurprisingly is because that's exactly what today's guest has managed to achieve In today's podcast, I sit down with Matthew Lyth, who is a wonderful chap who I've had the privilege of being able to work with very closely over the course of the last couple of years. From my side, it's been a pleasure to watch Matt grow in confidence and watch his business expand with it. But long before I came onto the scene and long before Matthew and I had a relationship, Matt started taking proactive steps in his own life to build a future by design. Now, in Matthew's own words, he had a fairly ordinary upbringing. He was raised in a council estate by two incredibly loving and incredibly hardworking parents who really did instill in Matt the importance of hard work. But Matthew didn't want to live a life where he was bouncing around on minimum wage and maybe if he was lucky, perhaps one day having the opportunity to pay off his mortgage. For Matt and for his wonderful partner, Laura, they wanted more from life and they really are working hard to this day to shape a future completely by design. And in today's uh, conversation, Matthew sits down very openly and candidly discusses his progress so far, his mindset, the challenges that he's overcome and how he's got from where he was to where he is today and what the plans are for the future to continuously build on that empire. Matt is a great guy, he's very humble, lovely to speak to and I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm confident that you're going to get as much from it as what I did. So with that said, make yourself comfortable, get your favourite drink, boil the kettle, get the tea or the coffee going put your feet up and enjoy the next hour or so of conversation as I introduce you to Matthew Lyth and how he became financially free at 33. Realtor, agent immobilier, estate agent, whatever the f*** you'd like to be called. You're listening to the 5% Podcast. The most satisfying hour of your week. Bringing you business insights, coaching, stories, and actionable advice from the best brains in the business. Hosted by Ben Moore. Not the one with the beard? Yes, the one with the beard. Every Monday morning from 7 a.m., pull up a seat, grab a soda, tea, notepad and let's level up your career the five percent podcast showcasing high performance globally good afternoon mr life good afternoon sir how you doing really good mate really good keeping well today i've not uh, not paid off my mortgage but i'm keeping well ah. how about you <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, couldn't be better, mate, for, for very obvious reasons. Um, still very much kind of walking on sunshine, mate, to be honest. Doesn't feel very, doesn't feel real. No, mate, I can imagine. Do you know what? And I guess if 
people are listening to this conversation or watching this video, depending on where they're taking it in, they would have seen some kind of title, which will be something to the effect of mortgage free at 33 or something quirky like that. That's why they pay me the big bucks for the headlines. (laughs) (laughs) But mate, it's amazing. I was thinking about this before we jumped onto the call because people work their entire lives and I'm talking like nine till five, 30, 40, 50, 60 hour weeks. Like it's a dream to get to the point where you finally chipped away at that debt enough to own the bricks and mortar outright to give you that freedom. No matter what happens, you've got a roof over your head type thing. And you've mm-hmm. achieved that, mate, at 33 years old. And we are going to yeah. delve into exactly how you've done it because I know it's not as black and white as I'm a fantastic estate agent and now I've paid off my mortgage. <laughs> There's a bit more to it than that, unfortunately. But before we go into that, I'm just mindful that people might be listening to the chat, Matt, who have never spoke to you before, never worked with you before, never had a conversation or seen you on social media. So for the benefit of people who don't know who you are, mate, if you could just uh, give us a bit of a summary in a couple of minutes. Yeah, so um, so hi, anyone who's watching. My name's Matthew, as you can tell from the board behind me. Um, so I, I started back in agency back in 2009, late 2009. Uh, I'm from Coventry originally, born and bred, now living in Derby. And um, I've been a mixture of, of an estate agent, an investor, um, and down to my dad, really, a bit of a jack of all trades. And I've, I've kind of delved into a few different things over the years. And I found myself in a very fortunate position where at 33, I've been able to clear my mortgage on my family home, um, which me and my wife purchased um, coming up to four years ago in October. Wow, only four Uh, years ago. Sorry to interrupt me, but I didn't realise you've been there such a brief period of time. Carry on. Yeah, yeah, so we we actually completed on this house uh, October um, four years ago. Halloween. It was on Halloween, weirdly enough. and mate, to think like fast forward four years to think that we own it outright is like literally mind mind blown moment. So, so yeah, that's I suppose a little bit about me. Um, nothing nothing special about me really. Um, youngest of five, come from like a really normal family. My parents had a council house that they they ended up um, buying, and they were still paying the mortgage off uh, up until a couple of years back. Um, and I'm just really, really fortunate to be where I am, mate. Phenomenal. This this, this yeah. wasn't my next question, but I'm going to have to make it my next question because you just mentioned your folks. What was mum and dad's reaction when you paid off your mortgage? Oh, mate, like ecstatic. Was it? Like, yeah, absolutely ecstatic. So my mum... I mean, this is the thing, like, they, you know, the generation before us, the generations above us, they're of the mindset of that's what you do, right? You get a trade, you get a career, you work long and hard, get your head down, you pay off your mortgage, you enjoy retirement. So yeah. it's impressive for me that you paid off your mortgage. But I guess for that generation, you've been through the process of paying a mortgage for the last four, three or four decades. They must be like brimming with pride. Yeah, so I owe I owe a lot of my success to my, to my dad, um, absolutely hands down. So when I when I started in agency back in 2009, um, my dad actually kind of approached me and said, look, I've, I've had this idea. I've had it for years. We've never had the money to do it, um, but you're in the right industry. And I've always wanted one of my kids to get involved in property because I've never had the money to do it. Um, and I said to me, my old man, I, I was looking at the money that some of these landlords are pulling in for owning properties. And it's like, i would never seen figures that high in my life before, um, unless it was like, lottery numbers on the news um and i says like i I agree with you mate there's something in this um 
but I was on a, an apprentice wage. So I was making, oh, I don't know, 700 pounds a month, probably when I first started. And um, I basically just lived on next to nothing bar chucking me, me folks some money for, for bills and, and food. And I did that for probably four years. So I moved company during those four years, got onto a slightly better salary as like an entry level neg. And uh, I just basically slammed the money away, um, lived on on pretty much nothing. Uh, and then I think it was about 2014, uh, I brought my first, first property. Um, and then the rest is kind of history, mate. I've just developed from there. Brilliant, mate. So that was the first sort of foot on the ladder. So long before um, we had the privilege of getting to know each other, long before you set up a business, modest wage, ticking along in a branch, basic salary, a little bit of commission here and there, saved up enough. I'm guessing for deposits. So did you buy that first property in the conventional way where you put a down payment and took out a mortgage straight away? Or did you get on, yeah. you know, some sort of rent to rent scheme or what, 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 what was your approach with it? No, it was it was basically um, straightforward saving. This is what I need. This is the price I can afford, and and go and do it. Good um, man. That's so what kind of we worked towards? So what went from? Uh, I'm guessing you made the decision just based purely on yield. Was it like I'm going to get a better return from renting this out for X amount per month than I will this cash just sitting in the bank accumulating a modest interest? Yeah, so, oh. so there's a there was a little caveat to this plan, and the caveat was because I wasn't a homeowner, I couldn't get a buy to let. Right. So you can't at the time. I don't know if it's changed now, but at the time, if you didn't own a residential property, I couldn't just go and get a buy to let mortgage. They they wouldn't give me one. Correct. So I made an agreement with my folks that I would help them pay off the rest of their mortgage, and they would put my name on the house but I would relinquish all rights to that property because um, obviously I've got siblings and it's my mum and dad's house. I don't yeah. belong to me. Don't care what the paper says. Doesn't belong to me at all. So my dad and my mum are the ones who gave me that gateway to go and get the first property. So I owe a hell of a lot to, to my folks for doing that and trusting me to do it. Um, but from there, it was literally just... I need bricks and mortar and I need something to bring me a return because I wanted to do it again. So a lot of people, they'll buy a buy to let, they'll try and, um, you know, refurb, renovate, and then, you know, remortgage it, go and buy another one. They'll do the same. And, you know, in five years time, they can end up with, with eight properties. But for me, that strategy wasn't safe. Interest rates go up. You know, you struggle with your repayments. You have to start selling properties. I decided to take the long game or what I thought would be the long game in as much I'd save a deposit. I'd buy a property for as cheap as I could with a higher, higher rental yield as I could. Funnel that money straight back into saving a deposit. Keep putting my wages away. Go and buy a second one and then kind of rinse and repeat. Um, and it was slower but it was more secure because I wasn't getting myself into more debt to achieve the second, third, fourth property. And I guess like with where you was in your life at that point, because again, you was living at mum and dad's mm -hmm. fairly modest salary. It wasn't as if you was a wealthy person. So it, it only takes a couple of boilers to go on the blink and suddenly your entire business model is, is, is 
is ruined. You know, people yeah. sometimes, you know, they paint by to let's oh, passive income, da, 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 da. but in reality, it can be anything from passive if it is that you've got a problem property or you just have a bad touch with a tenant. So I think that was probably quite a measured way of doing it because you're right, it is easier to see a bit of capital appreciation, remortgage, pull some cash out. Mm-hmm. Before you know it, you could have 88 properties and you get it up to the eyeballs with very little equity and it's not as great as maybe what it looks like having a conversation like this so yeah. well done on identifying that mate so tell me how did one property turn into the next one because i know eventually you did branch away from that first home and you bought multiple properties and kind of create like a mini little buy to let empire so how, how did that come to be yeah so it was literally a case of just funneling the rent and this is where it started to get really difficult because i was living at home um my mom's health um wasn't great so there was a benefit to me living at home past just funneling money and keeping money. So my, my mom's had a couple of strokes and she's got um, Alzheimer's and dementia. So I was living at home and I was helping care for her along with my dad to support him. And at the same time, it allowed me to funnel money in, make sure they were looked after and build this empire. So again, I was I was lucky in a way that um, I had to cover my bills, contribute, and then funnel, which is, it meant I didn't have much of a life, to be honest, um, because all of my expendable income went back into that savings pot. Um, so I think it was 2016, so two years later, um, I managed to buy the second one. And what I found happened was it turned into this kind of snowball effect, because you go from, you know, cash flow in £600 a month, separate to your salary, to then you know, 1100 or 1200 pound a month separate to your salary. Well, you're now looking at saving a deposit up much quicker than it, it took me from when I first started work to getting that first house. So it all just kind of snowballed from there. Um, and I, I suppose I, I identified the right market as well, which was a big, a big point. So was that, was that, was that luck or judgment? I think a bit of both a bit of both so so my brother moved to northern ireland and married a, a girl over there and if he hadn't have done that i wouldn't have turned my eye to northern ireland um and that's where my very first property was so right. my very first property my very first buy to let i brought in another country <laughs> um which is it's mad i've never thought of it like that but actually it's a bit mad um but i saw the prices versus return and obviously I was working in the market I was living in. So I knew it was a better shout. So I took the gamble and I, and I went for it. The second one that I brought, I actually brought through my agency that I was working for. Um, and then basically it was like 10 minutes away from my office. So I just managed it, managed it yeah. myself. Um, and yeah, as I say, it just, it just kind of seemed to snowball from there really, mate. I'm guessing like at that point, you must have been in a point where the money you was making in terms of your profit from your buy to let, I'm guessing started to outweigh the basic salary you was getting from work fairly quickly. Yeah. Did that transform the way that you looked at? Because I always think now, and I hope this is received in the right way. I don't, you know, I, I'm, it could come across wrong. So maybe I should have thought before I say this, but I remember like when I was on, uh, minimum wage before I came into EXP. Obviously, I went back to the gym. I was badgering away, working long hours for a pretty average amount of money, poor amount of money, really. And now I've come in and tasted earning much higher mm-hmm. returns on my time. 
I'd really, really struggle to go back to a salary like that because I just my relationship with it is completely different to what it was a few years back. So did you struggle thinking, why the hell am I going to work for X amount per hour when I've just made X amount from a portfolio with doing very little? Did that change your relationship with money or the way that you viewed employment? Or I think in in some ways, mate, ignorance is is a benefit. So you you don't miss what you don't have yeah. or what you've, what you've never tasted. So if your lifestyle is livable on a budget that you've always, always had, or it's the best budget you've always had, you don't miss anything else because you've already got the best you've ever had. Yeah. So I got to a point where, as you say, the portfolio was outweighing the salary, but I, I didn't want to peak too early. So the way that I kind of structured it for myself was, okay, I'm going to keep working my ass off for whatever salary I can get. I'm going to progress as far as I can. And the portfolio, I'm going to focus on building, but it's going to give me two holidays a year. That's my sacrifice. I'm going to take the money out for two holidays a year. And if there's ever like a major issue, like the boiler goes at mum and dad's house, or I need a new car because it blows up, like, that's that's what I, that's what I'd spend it on so you know I have like three properties at the time and I was driving around in like a 500 pound 14 year old Ford Fiesta and I could have gone and brought a brand new car the next day yeah 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 um but because that's where I'd come from I was used to living that lifestyle and because I'd funneled that money back into the business I hadn't tasted the fruits of that labor if that makes sense yeah so and no, no, it's, it's good composure, but I think where a lot of people come unstuck, and I've seen this myself with people that I've worked with, you know, you don't miss what you've not had, but once you've got what you never had, it can be tempting to buy what you always wanted to purchase. So, you know, yeah. that's when you go out and suddenly you're buying, you know, £2,000 jackets, you're buying £50,000 cars, living way beyond your means because you feel, well, I've earned that money, so I'm going to go and spend that money. And I understand that, but sometimes that's not the smartest long-term strategy if it is that you've not got those solid, solid foundations beneath your feet yeah. to go ahead and build from. So I guess props to you, and it's all right saying this behind sight, but props to you <laughs> at a fairly young age with not a lot of experience, with no framework to follow, to kind of identifying that, keeping your head and doing what was right. You've um, got to enjoy life as well, though. Exactly, like, yeah, yeah. No matter what you're doing. You, That's you why I'm glad that you said life. we took a couple of holidays a year because I know that it was a lot of sacrifice and probably, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of boring living for a period of time, not enjoying going out for beers and going out for meals with Laura every other night like I'm sure yeah. she deserves. So it's good to see that you made up for that later down the line. Um, so where are we today, mate? Because you kind of ventured and obviously people who are familiar with you and people who may be familiar with me and follow my content will know that you've transitioned not away from that, you're still very fond of the buy-to-let strategy and we've spoken about this personally and you've given me advice on what you've done in the past that I'm taking forward into my strategy over the next few years. But you've obviously stepped out of employment, you've started your own business, the sort of ecosystem of income in Matt Light's life has changed quite dramatically over the course of the last couple of years, let alone the last five or six years. So where are things up to now with your portfolio? Where are things up to now with your business? Give me a bit of a Give me a bit of an overview of your income streams and exactly how you got to the point where you've cleared that mortgage down to the point where it's now zero and you're completely financially free as far as that property is concerned. Yeah, so so in terms of the employment side of things, um, I genuinely thought progression was, was the only target worth aiming for. 
Um, I moved into branch managers positions. Um, I worked with a fantastic company called uh, Elizabeth Davenport um, and a, a chap called Mark, who um, I think you you're aware of as well. Uh, helped them set up a, a lettings division. Um, I moved to Derby, took another branch manager's position up here. And I just ended up going from through probably a couple of different companies because it just something that wasn't right. Um, I ended up losing my job because of COVID, moved company at the wrong time. And it That's when it first of, went out. Yeah, it all kind of come flooding back to me that so I I, I don't have true control or true security over a major, major part of my life, which for me is a problem. So in terms of income, I always had the portfolio in the background. Uh, so at the time I had five, five properties. Um, the amount of mortgage debt on them is 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 quite minimal. Um, I could sell one of them and pretty much near enough clear the whole lot um, to put that into perspective. Can you give me a brief insight? And I know it's into the penny, but can you give me an insight into overall portfolio value versus debt against them? Uh, yeah, probably. So probably about half a million. Wow. In value. Yeah, including the house that we we actually live in, probably yeah, ticking over the half a million pound mark. Um, and then in terms of debt. 150 ish so phenomenal yeah the ratio there is yeah very good that's awesome mate i tell you what if i didn't need to go get my hair cut i'd take my hat off to you <laughs> <laughs> but sorry mate I, I interrupted as you were yeah no no it's fine and the the other kind of big change was thanks to you really mate um and the the kind of conversation that we had probably going on a year and a half ago now um, when it comes to, to EXP because this for me was the final piece of the puzzle that I needed to do what I've done. Um, the portfolio and, and building an empire and all the rest of it, that's fantastic and it, it served a purpose. Income on that is probably, I don't know, maybe 30K, somewhere around 30K um, and that's now down to four properties because I've just sold one of them. Because uh, the capital appreciation was um, too big to big, ignore. Yeah, too big to ignore, and it is part of what's what's paid this off. Um, but the final piece of the jigsaw, mate, was was EXP, like absolutely hands down. It not only gave me the finance to to kind of top up what I needed to top up to get this done, but it gave me the time, and like time is so so important. It's more valuable than anything. If you have time to strategize and truly think and assess your moves, you shouldn't put a foot wrong. And if you put a plan into action and you need to take a step back, you've got the time to do it. That That's something that I found really, really valuable with, with setting up and running my own business. Here's a question, mate. When you, when you did set up and you came into the fold, would you say that that was spearheaded by... Innovation or desperation? Was you desperate because you'd been let go or was you innovating for that next step up? I think COVID presented an opportunity to me that I didn't know I was looking for. So it was something that I wasn't ready to do. Um, 
So I, I talk about having a portfolio and having an income and, and because of how I've managed this from the start, that income has always been separate. So in my head, it's almost like that money isn't my money yeah, because it belongs to the portfolio. So when I started with EXP, well, obviously I know it's there in emergencies, but when I started with EXP, my budget was about two grand because I wasn't anticipating a global pandemic, wasn't anticipating losing my job. I'd started a new job at a, a really well-known independent with like 11 branches, very good salary, nice commission package. And then it just all went down the pan, you know, in the space of a month. So it, it was, I suppose to answer your question, it was a mixture of both. Um, I didn't know that that's the next step I needed to take at the time. And there was a bit of desperation there because what do I do now? No one's hiring. The market's dropped. I need something. I think that's um, I think that's quite a good balance, though, like because you know you're not unique in that you came in in less than ideal circumstances, as I did too, and and so many others have done since. Um, but I think sometimes someone gave me this kind of a, this 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 sort of visual once. They said, if I said to you, okay, if you can run from A to B and make that in this time, I'll give you 500 quid. You'd run pretty bloody quick because you're getting 500 quid for next to nothing just for running a short distance. What a touch that would be. You're going to put a shift in. If I then give you that same scenario, but set a hungry lion chasing you, I can guarantee you'll run a hell of a lot quicker for that 500 pound with that threat of the lion chasing you. And it's sort of the same situation when you've got no other way you're kind of forced to sort of find a way. So I guess that desperation nudge that puts you into it, your life being turned upside down by COVID as scary as it was at the time, I'm sure, I guess with the benefit of hindsight, that might have been just the sort of spice you needed in in, in the recipe to sort of get you from where you was to, to where you are now. So I guess that kind of segues quite neatly in, mate, into where are we? Because I know that the capital appreciation you benefited from was a brilliant welcome bonus to add towards your personal wealth to achieve what you've just achieved the buy to let income that you have benefited from and continue to benefit from gives you that residual income that comfort blanket that you've got money coming into the bank every month yeah. null of what you do in business or in employment but obviously now exp started to take shape for you over the last year and a half two years and suddenly you've got quite interesting options within the exp framework so talk me through a little bit what your goal was when you first out with the business and where you're at now and whether or not the trajectory that you want has changed over the course of the last year or so. Yeah. So, so when I first started, so for anyone who doesn't know about EXP, there's, there's a couple of different arms to the business. One is the estate agency. Two is the stock and the shares. Three is what we call revenue share. The last two, I didn't really understand, didn't really have any interest in. I'd always been an estate agent. I knew how to sell houses and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to sell property, run a business that I had control of under the terms that I wanted to set, work with clients that I wanted to work with and provide the service that I felt should be being provided, um, which I, I, I thought was missing in this in this industry for the most part. Um, so when I started, that was basically my aim. I knew I hadn't been in Derby very long. I'd only been here maybe two years at this point. So the whole kind of loading up your phone and talking to old clients and I didn't really have that as a 
as an option. So my first my first year, my, I think by time it was to sell six houses. You know, some people think of that and and almost laugh. Um, but I, I way exceeded that target. The fees that I was charging were way more than I ever thought I'd be able to. Um, and just to put it into context, since since I joined, I had my first completion in month three, and from then I've I've hovered between a kind of twenty five and thirty k pipeline, pretty much consistently up until this day. Um, and to put that into perspective, sorry to interrupt, mate, but yeah. for anyone who's not not familiar, so a twenty five to thirty grand pipeline should roughly equate to give or take around a ninety to a hundred k turnover. We, we we typically find that most of our partners turn on the pipeline around three, three and a half times a year. Um, so if you've got 30K in theory, we should be pushing towards, you know, that six figure mark. So I just wanted to kind of like make that clear for the give people a yeah. bigger picture of what a typical year looks like rather than a, a three month se segment of it. And to put, put that into context even further, I, I, I probably work maybe two or three days on the estate agency side of things. So, um, so this is have developed... Yeah, and this is the interesting thing, though, mate. I know where you're about to take that with your interest mm -hmm. in developed, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. But just sticking purely with with estate agency, with transactional um, activity, because mm -hmm. a lot of people come in quite rightly, want to build a brand, want to sell houses, you know, do all that exciting stuff, and make more money than they've ever made from transacting on deals. When we talk a lot, and it's always a contentious topic on 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 LinkedIn in particular, when you talk about like a work life balance and how oh, I work sort of fairly part time hours, got more than a full time job, you know your eyes roll. Even in this, you know, you just rolled your eyes then to mimic yeah, what yeah. the typical audience member does do. People will be listening to this now in traditional models, running conventional businesses, in employment, even people who aren't even in property thinking, "Are oh, these guys laying it on fake bloody hell?" Yeah, all right, yeah. Yeah. Work part time hours make all that money. I believe it when I see it. But you've just got to take a minute to understand the model, like the the work, the nature of your overheads being so streamlined. Suddenly, you're not paying thousands out every month to fund a structure. You're getting that for a little over a hundred quid. And then you look at the aggressive retaining of the fee that the agent benefits from. You genuinely just need to do some simple math yourself. Punch a couple of numbers into a calculator. If you're netting a minimum of seventy percent of every pound that you bring into your business with next to no overhead, suddenly that's quite a high profit business. That's the business where you're going to retain a lot of cash for yourself and not have to list as many properties, do as many viewings, deal with as many calls, and everything mm -hmm. else that goes into it. Therefore, it does lend itself really well for exactly what you've just said—a ninety grand a year business on fairly part-time hours. It's it's a really interesting thing because from the outside before I started, I saw certain names within EXP, yourself being one of them, um, talking about fees and and like I, you could delve down into this rabbit hole and we'd be here for you know four hours. Like I, I had an invoice go out the other day, it's just over 10 grand. And I look at those numbers that go out on the invoices, like and it it's not like a not like a willy waving competition. It, it's this stuff is actually possible. A year and a half ago, when I signed up, I didn't believe it was. Mm -hmm. Now I'm seeing those numbers for myself. Yeah. I'm seeing those invoices go out for myself. So, and how many conversations did we have though about? Do you remember in the yeah. early days about fees? I was oh, like, mate, trust me, you need to charge. In fact, I've got the messages in my phone of when you hit your first like five figure fee and when you yeah. was coming up from the you know the ballpark of fifteen hundred two grand to 
four, five, six times that. Like it's yeah, it's possible. I so my my minimum my minimum percentage now is like one point two five, maybe one point five. Um, if it's on a, a popular road, you know, obviously you have that bit of discretion. But again, this is like one of the good things. The there was no, I don't know if it's the right term, but like there was no pigeonholing of my business. It was, we give you what you need, go and build what you want. And that, like, that's it's exactly what I wanted. When I come around to the idea of, of, okay, running my own show, I can actually run my own show. I, I can build what I want. If I wanted to go and sell, you know, 10 houses a month for a thousand quid, like, okay, go and crack on. We'll support you in doing it. If I want to go and sell one a month for 10 grand, we'll support you and, and do that. Now you can make up your mind for yourselves, you know, which, which one you prefer to do. Um, and there's no right or wrong answer to that question. If you want world domination, like it's here and, and you can do it. Um, if you want work-life balance and you want higher fees, as long as your clients are being looked after and the work that you are promising people is being done to the standard it should be, you can have that work-life balance. Yeah. I, I don't care what anyone says. I'm like, I've seen it for myself. Um, and two years ago, like I was the person on LinkedIn looking at people saying, oh, got a 10 grand fee and going, yeah, yeah of course you have. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But you're right sometimes. And I'm sure you probably thought it when we was having the conversations, you take it on good faith and think, yeah, okay, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt, but probably still a little bit in the back of your mind thinking, I'll believe it when I see it. And thankfully you I'll, stuck around long enough to see it for I'll, yourself. I'll, I'll be straight with you. When we had that first conversation, and I ended up taking the leap and signing up, thinking, okay, let's give it a crack. Two weeks notice and the partnership with EXP ends. And I take all of my properties and my pipeline and my data with me. That's how it works. You sign up and you want to leave. Two weeks notice, partnership ends, and then you take everything with you. I kind of read that through my head a couple of times. And I thought, well, if the grass isn't as green as I'm being told it is, like everyone would just leave and I'll, I'll just leave. I'll just go back to employment. But this time I'll have, you know, director or owner or whatever I want to give myself on the CV. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'm going to take a leap of faith. I'm going to trust someone that I've not, not really had much communication with. Like we've spoken on LinkedIn. We've, you know, had some phone calls, had a Zoom call. Um, but in hindsight, really, like you could have been anyone. I could yeah, have been yeah. anyone. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'll give it a give it a punt and and we'll see. And a year and a half later, like I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, ever. Well, and this it, is how it is. A hundred percent. And it's a uh, it's interesting. Like, and I'll just touch on this very quick before we move on. But as I've mentioned to you in conversations over the last couple of months, obviously I'm buying a house at the minute, and uh, my account. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, mate. I'm taking on a load of debt while you're paying yours off. I'm not sure <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm on the right side of that argument, but we're excited. Long, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're excited anyway. Um, but yeah, we, we've obviously jumped through a load of hoops from a finance point of view to kind of qualify for that mortgage. And my accountant sent me like my year-end accounts. My profit margin was four times the, the best that I've ever seen in my business life before wow. now. Um, you know, and for context, anyone who doesn't know, I've run my own conventional estate agencies in the past. I've had offices, I've had staff, I've paid for my own, you know, overheads and the CRM and whatnot and, and everything that goes with that. And uh, 
have made money and had success with that, but nowhere near to this point as terms of the profit margin. And, you know, you look at those margins and think, wow, I've been able to retain so much profit to myself that's now allowed me to go on because of the structure of the business and nothing else. It really is mind-blowing, um, which is why we're so passionate about imploring other people to explore it. Um, and speaking of which, that kind of supporting other agents, helping people, um, I guess that's kind of evolved into one of your priorities, I guess, over the last couple of years. And that kind of brings us to where we are today. And I guess another sort of income stream that's helped you to get to the point where you've paid off your property. Yeah, yeah, massively. So um, as I think it's natural that as you get older, you you develop and you take information in and that you search for kind of sources of knowledge and you look at people that have walked the path before you um, and take advice and and try and follow in, in their footsteps. So one of my kind of aims is to, to get to kind of three to five streams of income um, because I'm interested in not just developing life for myself, but me and my wife, you know, want to have kids in the, maybe the next couple of years. I don't want to do all of this work now while I'm here and, and you know, still fairly young and still, you know, building very much in the stage of building for them to get to the age I was at 18 and have nothing like that for me, for the most part, makes everything that I'm doing a waste if that's what happens. So I'm interested in building multiple streams of revenue, generational wealth. And I know people use that term all over bloody Instagram and, and you know, people who trade in Bitcoin and all the rest of it. And if that's your, your thing that, you know, that's cool. Um, but I, I want tangible assets within decent international companies that are going to pay me a decent lifestyle that I can then pass on to my kids. So I know that they will never have to go through the, the lifestyle that my parents had to go through and my family had to go through when I was younger. And I, I think that's where it stems from. So the big thing for me is that. Again, mate, it's that, that combination of desperation and innovation, yeah. you know, like motivation and a passion to want to go ahead and achieve for yourself. But then also, you knowing what's on the other side of losing that I, argument. I, I know it sounds like, I suppose a bit a bit cringy but um there were people that were you know far worse off than we were like you know we weren't by any means awful but i know i know how good life can be mm. because i know there is always another level and that's what i'm constantly chasing and the higher up that i get the more secure my family will be for generations to come and that is what interests me so for me, sitting in a branch, you know, on, on 40K, absolutely fine. If that's what you're happy doing, you're happy just getting your salary at the end of the month um, and you're not really too concerned with the, the far ahead future, um, you know, that I wouldn't knock anyone's choice. It's completely up to you. But there are far more options now than we've ever had before in terms of creating a better lifestyle for yourself, your family and your family to come that don't, you know, don't exist yet. So a big part of what I'm interested in now is helping agents move into the business with EXP through that third um, kind of road that I mentioned before called revenue share um, and essentially helping people who 
have been in similar circumstances to me, move in and set up their own businesses and work them towards, you know, banging three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten grand fees. Um, because it's entirely possible. No, for sure, for sure. And I guess that's like I know for me like the exciting thing about that apart from the selfish aspects of being able to kind of make money and diversify your income and all those things that are important as part of any business or sort of I guess a wealth building mission that you put on yourself on it also significantly broadens that impact and that's one thing that I'd noticed because much like yourself I came in you know very much of the mindset and blinkered it's the Ben Moore show all I want to know is how can I use and abuse this system to build my business with as little risk as possible, with as little friction as possible to benefit the Ben Moore brand so I can feed my kids. That's all I was bothered about, just my own personal business and selling properties in my market. And that, that that's a great attitude to have because you've got to be selfish. You're here to look after yourself and build your business. But then as time went on, you sort of realize, well, I've got more people reaching out to me asking how I did it. I've got more people joining the business in general. We've got more people who are cut from the same cloth as you and I are, not from wealthy backgrounds. They've not been born with a silver spoon. Very experienced, very passionate, very good at what they do, but otherwise would have lacked either confidence or resource to go ahead and build the future that truly they deserve. 15, 20 years ago, they would have just gone on a typical path of, you know, modest, if they was lucky, modest um, promotions at work pretty crappy retirement plan and away they go for, for the rest of the days. Whereas now I'm seeing these people who otherwise would have been on that path come ahead and build something truly special and more to the point, have more free time and happiness and autonomy while they're doing it. And you can't be not inspired by that. So for me, I think it was that opportunity to broaden your impact and sort of rather than just impacting on, you know, a dozen properties in Blackpool, actually you've got the opportunity to impact on hundreds of thousands of transactions literally all over the planet by inspiring other agents and helping equip other agents to do exactly what you've done, but on a much bigger scale. And for me, I think that's what's really exciting. I'll be absolutely straightforward. There are times within this business where I will have a conversation with an agent I've brought in to EXP He's partnered with EXP. He or she is now running their agency. They come across a problem. We have a conversation. We find a solution. They go and put that into action and they get the desired result. They, you know, they get the instruction or they, they manage to tie up the offer or they get that completion through. I find that sort of thing so fulfilling, like hand on heart, like genuinely someone else completing on a property based on advice that I've helped them with, it just makes you feel good, mate. Yeah. Like, there's no more to say about it. It just it might not be for everyone, but it makes me feel bloody good to see other people doing well. When I know, like you said, they've got the talent and the alternative is they stay in a company where for the most part, the way they're showing appreciation is by getting a box of dairy milk and a, and a bottle of Prosecco. Yeah. Mate, it's another level. And, uh, move on from this in a second but this is just front of mind because only a week or so ago i made a video just about three successes that i've observed in my immediate circle so obviously i've got agents that i work with on a much more hands-on basis than i do others and three of those agents so we had yourself who just paid off your, your freaking mortgage after two years in the business again i know it's not exclusively down to exp but that played its part in allowing you to yeah. create that ecosystem of income that's brought you to where you are today we had sam Sarone who literally sent me a message to say i can't believe 
I didn't start sooner. I just want to say thank you for helping me start my business because now I have. I'm earning more money than I ever have. I've built my dream business. I've got more free time, albeit she does work a lot of hours. But the, the, the lifestyle she's built for herself has put her family in a position where they've now been able to comfortably have another child, moving up the property ladder. I've just bought my dream home, but she's looking at properties with massive swimming pools in the garden, like she's taking it to a new level. And then we've got Amy Brooks. You know, she's been a lifelong lover of horses. Her children love horses. She went out and bought herself a horse. Like not many people can just afford to, you know, go out and buy a horse, keep that horse, upkeep that horse over time. It's an expensive hobby to have. Yeah, because she's come out of the hybrid system where she was getting paid £200 a listing to now making multiple thousands per deal. She's in a position where she can comfortably do it. And so, you know, sometimes in business, you can get distracted by numbers, by metrics, by KPIs, by performance, by bank balances. But it's important to have your fingers on the pulse and have these conversations because you realise that these conversations lead to real life impact that completely transform the life experience for someone. As cheesy and as cliche as it sounds, there are lives behind these businesses and sort of seeing that firsthand and learning about how people have been able to achieve their goals, whatever they may be, however big or small. You're right, mate. It gives you one of those warm, fuzzy, dancing to myself feelings inside. <laughs> like this is genuinely one of the most, well, for me, it's one of the most exciting things about EXP. And the fact that it's international as well. So, so uh, as it stands as of today, I've introduced 14 people into EXP and they're from, you know, Wales to all across different cities and and places in England, all from different backgrounds. There's a a lady in America who's an absolutely fantastic agent. I now get to help her close on transactions in the US, in Washington, from my dining room in Derby. Like this sort of thing just blows my mind. And the transformation in lifestyle we see across the board. So she has the same thing, uh, the the same sort of transformation that, that we see um, the agent that I know in, in Swansea or the, the agent that I know down in London. The model is a universal thing that anyone can benefit from. If you can put the time and the effort and the work in, like gen- genuinely you can benefit from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what tip would you give? Because, you know, if people have tuned in from the, I wouldn't call it clickbait because it's factual, but the whole headline <laughs> of, you know, paying off your mortgage at such a young age, if somebody wanted to go ahead and, you know, I'm thinking the typical person maybe listening to this, I'm just going to generalize, but let's just say they're earning a average reasonable wage, maybe some, maybe a half decent wage with a decent couple of months of commission in the bank um, but can't see the wood for the trees in terms of our oh, I could never save 25 grand for a buy to let deposit mm-hmm. I've not got what it takes to set up my own business I've never run an agency before this sounds great but I'm not sure how what, what would your advice be for someone who wanted to take that first foot on the ladder and kind of follow suit and get to the point potentially where you are today for me it comes down to time and making the most out of life um without being morbid like none of us know how long we've got left so back yourself and take the leap the worst thing that can happen is it doesn't work but you've still done more than anyone else who's failed to take that step 
And like when I started, if it didn't work out, I'd go back to employment. There's always going to be people that you can work for. Now is the time. While the model is so young in the UK in particular, speaking about EXP again in particular, now is the time to back yourself and get on board and give it a shot. If I hadn't have done that, I'd be sat in a branch somewhere still. I wouldn't be mortgage free. I, I know I wouldn't be. Um, a big part of it was the portfolio, but I, I wouldn't be. I know I wouldn't be. I'd be still very unhappy, which I was in employment. Um, and my life just would not be anything as, as it is now. So back yourself, take the leap, reach out to me or Ben, have a conversation and let's talk it through. Just have a bit of confidence in yourself because you're more capable than you know. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good point. You know, it's, um, was it John Kavanagh, Conor McGregor's MMA coach, he said, you know, you get every time you get into the octagon, you don't lose, you either win the fight or you learn from the fight. If it doesn't go your way, you realise next time I'll check that kick. Next time I won't fall for that takeover. Next time I'll keep my guard higher. You take that feedback into the next fight so the same outcome doesn't happen twice. And it's much the same in business. You know, you've got to think what is the worst that could happen. You go back, like you said before, to where you started from. You get a job for somebody else. You've got the credentials of backing yourself, being an entrepreneur, generating some leads, creating a brand, You know, doing these things that make you more employable to the next employer if it is that, for whatever reason, it doesn't take the shape that you're hoping for. And I think if we started getting more excited about what could go right rather than getting completely scared and paralysed by what might go wrong, I think we'd get a lot further, a lot quicker, and be a lot happier and more well-rounded as a result. So, Matt, I don't think that's bad advice, mate. Um, look, I'm mindful of time. We just about need to wrap up on this call. So I just wanted to say, mate, from the bottom of my heart, like I know you said, it was down me reaching out and we had the conversation you came in but mate I'm, I'm privileged that you chose me to reach out to and start a conversation with and you joined me in EXP I knew from day one that you'd go ahead and smash it not quite to this level I didn't think you'd get to the impact that you've had so quickly I didn't think you'd be paying off your mortgage after two years down the line but the fact that you've you've achieved all that says a lot about your character mate and it's a pleasure to be in business with you so well done you deserve every bit of success that you're enjoying thank you very much mate I really appreciate it and just again to, to reiterate, not to bang the drum, if you've been watching me or Ben or anyone in EXP from a distance, it, the grass is really as green as you make it. So reach out, have a conversation um, and back yourself. Good man. Cheers, Matt. Believe it. Take care, mate. Thank you very much.